I said, Lord, why am I crying at curtain call? He says, this is, I was 37 years old. He says, this is the first time you've understood what it was to perform in the presence. Oh. He says, you've been honored by the father of the house and affirmed by the father. Wow. Hi, and welcome to Storia, where storytellers disrupt. I'm David Naronia. I'm Fabiano Altamora. And I'm I'm excited, man, because we've been yeah. unpacking your story, my story. But this this episode is going to be about the Genesis story of this love child, this this call that you and I experienced to start this School of the Arts, Bethel Conservatory of the Arts. They were performers. Meeting in a mountain town. This is Fab with his trailer God voice is what it's called, the God voice. Love it, love it. So man, let me ask you something. Mm. Kicking off the Genesis story, if you will, of BCA, the Bethel Conservatory of the Arts. Talk to me about when you first heard God speak to you about what would become BCA. Actually, it was a conservatory, funnily enough. It was, check this, check this, way far, way back. So I was like, I'd love to check this out. And I've never shared this with you. Okay. Never shared this with you. And he shared a lot. Right. And I've shared a lot. <laughs> I wanted to see like a media company where we would create great Christian content. And bear in mind, I was 21 at the time. Wow. But God had been speaking to me about it. And then he gave me this model. Check this out. Okay. That we would have a conservatory of the arts surrounded by 10 houses. Are you kidding me right I now? am absolutely telling you the <laughs> truth. What you guys may not know and why Fab <laughs> is saying this is because we have what we endearingly call an urban campus in downtown Reading. But what Fab and I have slowly been able to do is is build up a portfolio of properties which may suspiciously be around that number there. Yeah. In- increasing at the moment. But yeah, like isn't that funny? That's insanely I was specific, dr- I remember it isn't it? I was driving around and I thought that I would love to see this conservatory of the art having tiers of training. Mm. So you would have some that would train to go into the educational spot. Wow. Which is some, a, which is a program that we have. Which is a program that we have. Some that and I can't believe I've never shared this with you. Some that would go out into theater and others would go out into TV and film. Okay. It's bizarre, bro. Like I'm I'm sharing this with you for the first time. I don't know well, why. Well, that, that's crazy. Number one, I'm a, I'm a little bit hurt. We'll talk about it later in okay. counseling, but, um, <laughs> but no, I'm also, I think I'm blown away by the specificity of God. You know, if you ever doubt that there is a God and yeah. that he speaks, the fact that he would talk to you when you're, you know, a baby, 20 something years old mm. about the very blueprint and picture that mm. we're currently building. That for me is, is proof positive. I'm not as holy as you. So I didn't, I didn't hear I didn't hear tall or holy (laughs) or both. I'm definitely tall. Um, (laughs) But for me, the, the picture of this came and this fast forwards us to, we'll talk a little bit about why we came to, to, you know, to BSSM, which is where you and I met. We were, we were dads and students at a very, yeah, we're still dads (laughs) and we're still students. And I remember that um, our kids were going to BCS Bethel Christian school newly arrived in town 
and we were digging holes for a playground because we had to do our community service hours for our kids to be in uh, BCS. And we were there in the playground and we did this thing, you know, actors kind of sniff each other like dogs, you know, and somehow we fell into this conversation. Oh, you're an actor. I'm an actor too. And I think right then and there was one of the first conversations that you and I had. It it was completely that because when I just, you said I I size each other. I had the question that I wrote down today. I was like, (laughs) I want to know, like, because I've never asked you this. What was your first impression of me? I want to know what that was because I'm trying to think back what my first impression of you was. You know, it's funny. I don't know that I remember. I'm being very honest with you. Like, I mean, you know, we're now talking over 10 years ago. I don't know that I remember exactly this. I mean, I do have pictures like, you know, like flashes and snapshots. I remember you were, you were friendly. You were like very kind of effervescent. And, and, and this is where you and I were different of like, I think you were, I don't know, you seemed excited that we were both actors. I have this kind of aversion is a strong word, but I always get uncomfortable around. So what is it that you do? Mm. And I think it's mainly because when normal people, people not in the industry ask you, what do you do? And you say you're an actor. Immediately they say, what have you done? Well, secretly right. they're probably thinking you're you're actually a waiter. Yeah, but but number two, which is probably, <laughs> probably correct. Yeah, as well, probably right? yeah. statistically correct. Yeah. So I think for me, it's always like, oh, are we going to do that thing where we talk about resumes or whatever? I mean, quickly we moved past yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But that may have been the first first impression when you asked me. Oh, so you're an actor? I'm an actor too. Yeah, I'm probably yeah. having the thought. Okay, I'm not working much now, and are you a waiter? Was probably my first thought. Yeah, and I remember you were very reserved. Was I? You were very reserved. Yeah. <laughs> kind of somewhat aloof. Okay. Yeah. I think and, and I think the point of that was as well, we'd we'd been called right. radically to this place. It was all new. All new. Spiritually I, very new for me too. Man. Right. I mean, I was only a few years saved. Saved, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you find yourself in Reading at a church that is intense. A ministry school and, that let's be honest, right? We're actors and we find ourselves like close encounters of the third kind, as mm-hmm. you always put it. At a ministry school, you know what I mean? So I think first impressions were like, it was interesting, but then then it escalated pretty quickly. I mean, we probably spent four hours together in 115 degrees heat. Digging holes. Digging holes. Very biblical, by the way. Very, digging very biblical. holes just like, you know, Abraham or something, digging wells. Right. No, absolutely. Which leads me to one question for you, because you'd also heard a call for your family to bring you here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, aside from BCA, you had a very specific biblical reference and call. Talk to me about that. I think what I want to set up first is we did not come here for the arts. No, no. In fact, I was laying it down. Oh, completely laid it down. I mean, like, I just want to state, we came to BCA, uh, sorry, to Bethel, never thinking we'd ever pick it up again. Like I was coming to convalesce. Uh I was coming to to rest, recoup, and to, to go deeper into God. Like I was the Sahara Desert. I needed watering right thirsty and hungry thirsty and hungry so so we came and um to to cut a very long story short you know we've been dry in the uk Mm -hmm. and then it's it's claire's birthday march Mm -hmm. 12 2012 and she's about to go and teach so march of 2012 because you're here just a few months later because 2012 we came in 2012 and you're in the uk i'm in the uk march 2012 i land here august 24th 2012 so i say to her babe don't don't um don't go and teach Bible study today. I'll do it. Mm. So anyway, I I bring a croissant in bed and the Lord says to me, Genesis 12, Abraham and the promise. Mm. And I'm like, okay, cool. Great. Brilliant. Get to school, open the book. And it says, 
Abraham, uh, Genesis 12, Abraham and the promise. Are you thinking of moving? Have you told your children? And like, I start to weep. Mm. And that night before I was looking at property in Reading, no idea why. Honest Reading. truth. Honest truth. I'd been listening to Bethel for a while. Okay, so you okay. So I knew about Bethel, obviously, but we were we were wanting to move. We felt this kind of unction that we just weren't meant to be where we were. So I go back to tell Claire, and you know Claire, she moves at a lot of a slower pace than I do, you know, I mean, not in a wrong way. And I say, babe, I think we're moving to Bethel. And she said, okay. Wow. Now, if you know my wife, she's not quick to kind of respond in situations like she that. Goes, she goes deep with the Lord and then she'll Absolutely. And then she'll talk. So she starts reading Genesis 12. She says, did you read to the end of the chapter? And I said, no, I didn't. And it says, and Abraham moved to Bethel east of ai <laughs> which was such a confirmation and then you know in true fab fashion meet. oh i was applying for bsm that day it's funny that you drove it my <laughs> wife was the one that drove me i mean i was i was like i was bottomed out i was bottomed out i mean i was on my face praying we we, we you know the, the 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 you know money was running low i yeah. was running into the equity of the house i spent a bunch of money after my last show like renovating my home i dropped yeah some serious money on that and you know surprisingly found myself short on cash. And then a year or two goes by with very little work. At this point, if you're not working in LA and if you're not making a couple hundred grand a year, you're going into the red. Yeah. And long story short, uh, she's on the freeway in LA and and the Lord shows her a red neon sign that says Redding. And she tells me, you need to apply to that ministry school because wow. you know I'm the talker, I'm the preacher, whatever. And- um, are you a talker? <laughs> and, uh, and I get in. And so we meet in this thing. We dig these holes together. Very biblical, you and I digging for wells, you know, these two dry men. But then we end up at this lake. And you, you asked me, I think it was you who asked me this very fateful question. You didn't finish the story. Which one? Lisa, about you applying to. Oh, some... oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, yeah. So I get in. I mean, I get into, but, but, you know, we come up with three kids, a dog yeah. <laughs> at the Motel yeah. 6. Oh my You know, goodness. this is early Reading. So, I mean, we didn't have downtown. There was like two restaurants in town. I have three boys jumping on a bed and a, and a wet dog. And this is the funny part. BSSM was super lax back in the day. It still is a little bit. And um, so I say, hey, can I come up and visit the school? I say, yeah come up whenever you want well when i come up is during missions so there's literally nobody yeah, here yeah, yeah. there's no school to check out all i know is as a new believer i'm in the sanctuary of bethel staring at the four corners of the sanctuary prophesying over the four corners of the planet not understanding at all what anybody <laughs> is doing yeah but i but i came yeah and then after digging holes we kind of sat down and a said should we, should we make a whiskey town yeah, lake that's right. and i remember specifically the question you asked me yeah. it's true david neronia style was so tell me your dreams mm. and i shared this picture that this blueprint, pi this blueprint mm. maybe not in as much detail as oh. i'm telling you 10 10 years later but i said i want to see a, a place where actors can train and they don't have to go through necessarily what I had been through in the industry that I was like, you know, this kind of tumultuous journey of being defined by the last star I worked with, the material I was engaging, the whatever the money, whatever that was. And I was, I don't think I used that phrase at the sure. time, which was performing from identity, not for it, but I was like, I want to be able to work with people mm -hmm. and train them in a way that they don't have to, or at least benefit from our experience. And it, and it rocked me a couple of things just so it doesn't get lost in translation. So you've got two men who are actors mm -hmm. who are both married to, to dancers, dancers 
from across the pond, thousands of miles yeah. away. And when you shared that answer with me, I said, that's insane. I've had a very similar picture yeah. and I've only ever talked to my wife about this idea. And by the way, it doesn't make any sense because we come to a school of ministry. So I remember this is really sweet and some of my, my best memories of BSSM. So here I am as like a 39 year old about to turn 40 in a, in, in this massive auditorium theater with 1200 yeah. people, a theater, an auditorium, the biggest one in Northern California. And my wife is watching our three kids. Yep. Um, I've sold everything, sold my house. I, you know, we're living off of our savings. I think I had like 90 grand at the time mm -hmm. and I'm watching the money only go down of in course. one direction, occasionally hopping down to LA to shoot a thing. And uh, we sat together. And I'll never forget the sweet little lunches. Claire would pack you guys, your carrots and your yep. things. You're so healthy. And I remember we sat together for one year of BSSM yeah, faithfully and it, every and day. It was, it was funny in that year, you know, because, you know, we'd, we'd laid down our art, but then we meet Teresa Dedman and, you know, the I think- The creative you, mother of Bethel. Yeah, yeah. And you, I think you, you met her first and I think it was something like- you said, oh, are you auditioning today for the, oh no, I think I'd heard there were, there were auditions on the day for the apprenticeships or something. Right. And I'm thinking, okay, so a couple of things. Number one, if, if you're in this environment back in that time, because Teresa's moved on to SoCal with yeah, a powerful, yeah. powerful ministry, but yeah. she, she's responsible for, she's kind of like the creative mother of Bethel. She yeah. broke open what we now see, whether it's, you know, the dancing, the arts, the painting, all of that stuff yeah. in no small part was because Teresa Devin broke it broke open it at open. Bethel and started to create of value for the arts yeah. at Bethel that's always been existent in some way, shape, or form because, I mean, Bill is a pianist. He's a worship leader uh, himself. Obviously, the, the Johnson's talented family. But I mean, our engagement with that, we didn't know. So I mean, like, you know, I said to you, oh, bro, are you auditioning for this? And you went, no, I don't think I am. No, no, no. Because so, let me be super blunt. Yeah. Like, for me, the thought of acting First of all, I, I was still dealing with a bit of pride, yeah, <laughs> maybe more than a bit. And uh, the the thought of me auditioning for what would amount to like a church skit or something like this, yeah. literally, actually made me angry. Right, like I'm like I'm not going to do it. And I remember sitting in the audition, going, "Lord, is this? I'll be honest. I'm going to be very blunt. Is this how low you've brought me? Wow." Which is funny because for me, I was super excited because I was like, wow, I get to do this in this amazing church I love that heart, I bro. didn't even think was possible. No, you know, honestly, crazy. I think your affection. No, I mean, seriously, bro. Like, no, it, it, I know this is going to sound but like your affection for acting. Fab loves acting so much. It's, it's actually, I don't know if I've ever said this to you, but your affection, your childlike affection for acting minister ministers to me and constantly reminds me that it it is something different than what it became to mm, me wow. over the course of the industry oh because you shut up i did it i walked out in fact i'll tell you how cocky i was i told Teresa, yeah i'm not auditioning and she's like well, well no no come in anyway and i was like yeah okay because i mean like you can offer me the apprenticeship but i'm not gonna audition for it i was such a punk oh. it was funny i, I remember it was Katie Veras at the time. Katie, she, yeah. she she was Teresa's intern, and I went in. I said, "Do you want me to do a monologue or a spoken word piece?" And I'd written this spoken word piece. Oh, I love your spoken word. My two <laughs> least favorite words. There's skit, skit and then there's spoken, spoken word. word. My, my three oh, least my favorite word. words. So I went in, and we started. Then we started teaching. So we we paid our dues. 
Okay. So, we served. Yeah. This apprenticeship, basically imagine that, okay, within BSSM, there's like these electives or tracks. Yeah. And so, and Teresa led these, but I mean, there was everything. There was fashion, cuisine, photography, painting. Culinary. Culinary. Yep, everything, 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 everything. And there was acting. And we ended up with Kendall Bryant, still to this day, oh, one of our best, best friends, friend. Katie, a sweetheart. Now, these are people that so genuinely and so authentically were kind of reclaiming their dreams of the performing arts, yeah. acting and everything else. But like- Imagine, like, so, you know, they hadn't, I think, formally trained or so on and so forth. And then they get you and I, like, in our 30s, who have worked and done everything in this apprenticeship. And remember, we're first years, so we're underclassmen, and they're our Mm -hmm. mentors. But true to you and I, slowly they were like, hey, maybe our role here is to facilitate you guys. And then you and I end up creating a program that I I think may still exist. Which of these apprenticeships? Through these apprenticeships, but remember, we actually started a program at public schools at Boulder Creek Elementary Mm -hmm. where we taught drama to kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll remember another humbling thought for me was sitting on the dirty carpet of a public school teaching acting to boys that were doing like bacon and fart jokes. And I thought to myself once again for the second time, Lord, how low have you brought me? But through, and this is what I love about the word humility and humiliation. At the, at the time, because of my ego and my pride, I felt humili- humiliated. Mm-hmm. What the Lord was trying to do was to humble me yeah. so that I could actually see what he wanted to do. But do you not remember that testimony? I, my, my original technique is called, was called a magic circle. David said, why don't you call it the dream circle? So actually, I actually owe him credit to the I name of the technique. You did. But do you remember there was the circle I on do. the floor in Boulder Creek? This girl yep. literally had hair in her face. She she looked like the the creature like in from the, the Adams grudge. family or something, you know, just like a sad, typical gothic, you know, middle schooler. Gothic middle schooler. And I said, "Listen, it's your turn to go in." And she goes, "No, I dance." So I stepped in the circle and I said, "I'm safe. I'm safe." So she came in, she ran in, then jumped out, and I was like, "I'm not looking for perfection. I'm just looking for growth." She then threw a hair back. I remember. Within a few minutes, got back in, started singing a song. You know, she literally. Alive. By the end of that nine weeks, she was written a play and directed it. If you put it in a Disney TV show, you would say cheese ball never happened in a million years, except it actually did. And you know, th- this this thing to, to 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 brag on Fab is is a technique, unlike anything, frankly. I, I it's it's foundational for us at at BCA Bethel Conservatory of the Arts. It's one of the foundational acting techniques. <clears throat> Describe for them just real quick, bro. Like. What is this dream circle? What does it do for people? Yeah, so basically in a, in, a, in, a, in a nutshell, it's a safe place to take risks. So it's a piece of masking tape on the floor and it's a safe space for people to stand into and perform, share without the risk of being judged. That's very, very it on a very myopic kind of level. It's crazy that for human beings, yep. you say to them, first of all, under the, under the guidance of a good, good father like you, a, a safe papa who's got like father god his arms around you and just with literally two dollar you know masking, masking tape, tape you put it on the floor and you say yep. to them hey out here it's this but in here yeah it's this and you have dozens and dozens and dozens whether at conferences and acting school where people come into this circle yep. and it changes their life absolutely it's, it's kind of crazy because all it is all in all is masking tape on the floor but I think it's, I think but it's, it's faith. Yeah. It's Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit. Every you time. In. It's, it's like, uh, every time. <clears throat> it's, it's like, I don't, I don't know. It's like something in the tabernacle or something. Yeah. Where God be, because I'm like, it. Lord, if you don't show up, 
I'm not that good. Well, like, if, if God work. doesn't show up, it's a piece of tape on the floor. Piece of tape on the God floor. God exactly. shows up every single time. So Teresa then approaches us, right, and says, can you do a musical? And we're like, write a, a musical, musical with no money. Right, no money, not written, no concept. In a couple of weeks. In a couple of weeks. So we devise mm -hmm. a show called I3. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the three eyes? Inspire, yeah. impact. Inspire. So it's, it's Imagine. inspiration. Yeah. Imagination. Yeah. And impact. Impact, yeah. So David and I think, how can we put on a show? I think we had $125 maybe. Oh, I don't know what it was. Like 500 bucks, it was yeah. like 500 bucks. And we decided that we weren't going to do like a full narrative, but we would do a theme, a theme mm -hmm. which kind of was hit by the inspiration, imagination, and impact. And we put a series of like individual scenes songs, together, right? Story, songs, scenes, stories, dances. dances yep interstitched with these kind of a theme like you know a, a at the civic words, which is like civic. seats two thousand people with bill johnson sitting in the front row and we converted that into a, a gallery down do you remember we oh, made yeah. the entire downstairs into cuisine. a gallery fashion show everything it was epic it really was and i think it's probably to date the biggest show bethel have ever seen oh, hands down hands down and we did that in our first year of BSSM while going through this but transformation. But that wasn't the first performance that we did at Bethel. <laughs> the first performance that... So this shows you the power of of convincing, you know, what a hustler and salesman fab is, that somehow this reluctant, slightly aloof, prideful man um, who has laid down acting and doesn't want to get caught up in the church skit scene, he says, hey, listen, Teresa has invited us. This is before I3, so we got to go back. We got to roll yeah, yeah. back for a second because this was, this actually was a turning flashback. point. A flashback, nonlinear storytelling. He says, hey, Teresa's invited us to do a Christmas uh, something for the, at the Christmas show for staff every year uh, at the at the Christmas uh, the all staff, staff party yeah, the all staff Christmas party. You and I are lowly freshmen in BSSM, and suddenly, and you and I, something actually it was mainly you create this idea. Uh, we create this idea around Danny Silk's ministry, who we're hoping to have on the show. He has this yeah. book called Loving Loving Your Kids on Purpose. So Fab and I devise in our <laughs> twisted Cuban East Coast British sense of humor that we're going to do. Uh, basically a, an infomercial <laughs> a late night infomercial called loving your kids on poipus and loving your kids on poipus was a late oh night like dvd series that parents could buy to uh to raise their kids except bad cop in the good cop bad cop relationship was a porpoise puppet <laughs> get it loving your kids on poipus we literally redid i think i think in photoshop i put like you a did. dolphin you did. on the front cover of the book <laughs> And to this day, I didn't know if Sherry and Brittany, uh, Danny's wife and daughter, wanted to kind of kill us or hang us <laughs> for making fun of their dad. Half the audience loved us and laughed. They'd never seen anything you like You got this. a job out of it, though. I did get a you job. You get a job out of it. Out of, that <laughs> out of that, I met Danny. Uh, I met Danny Silk, who, who changed the course of my life as a parent and a husband. And I end up working as a producer at, at Bethel Media. But we we get ahead of ourselves. So we do the Christmas thing. Oh yeah. We do I three. Yeah. And then there's this, I'm working at media, you're doing something at the Civic. Well, let's even back up then. Bill Johnson comes, at the end, we get a standing ovation of I3. From I3. Bill Johnson comes up and gives us a hug. Mm. And in that moment, the Lord said to me, mm. I said, Lord, why am I crying at curtain call? He says, this is, I was 37 years old. He says, this is the first time you've understood what it was to perform in the presence. Oh. He says, you've been honored by the father of the house and affirmed by the father. Wow. And I realized I'd spent 
the majority or if not the entirety of my acting career doing it without him. Wow. And I was on stage when I was thinking I was laying it down with you by my side. Yeah. Kids were on stage, Bill Johnson hugging. It's the first time I'd ever understood what it was to perform in the presence of God. And that, that phrase, lay, lay it out. Lay, lay it out for our viewers and our listeners real quick. What is that phrase again? I mean, the simplicity of it is like, I'm constantly performing in the presence. In the presence. I'm, I'm acknowledging him with everything. Now, from an actor's point of view, I'll say this. Listen, you can't change the text. You can't change the blocking. But as an actor, when you're in the moment, you deliver it in the way you're receiving kind of a reaction at night. For me, how I, I say it to the actor is, being so open to what the Lord has to say about my character and the delivery of it, that he could ask me to say at any given point, change the emphasis on this word, change the emphasis on that word. It feels abstract, but what I'm really trying to say is it's like involving the Lord in every single part of my process. Do you remember the teaching? Um, it's, it's you know, so much of what Bill and, and Chris and Danny and the men and women of this house say is memorable. But I remember in BSSM as a first year student, Bill doing this teaching on hosting the presence, presence of God, yeah. the title of one of his books, where he takes out a kerchief, he takes out a handkerchief, handkerchief. and he puts it to illustrate to you what it, what it must have been like yeah. for the dove, the dove of the presence to alight upon Jesus's shoulder yeah. at his baptism. And he does this whole teaching with, with it on. the yeah. handkerchief on the thing, which is such a, a fantastic illustration. I, I imagine that when you tell actors, when we tell our artists at, at Bethel Conservatory to perform or to create in the presence, it's to always be aware way, and acknowledge yeah. and to invite him to sit upon your shoulder. I mean, of course he's here, he's within us, he's all of these things, but it's just this, this knowing that you know that you know that mm -hmm. he's here with you. You know, I like to tell my writers, you have the best ghost writer in the business available to you 24 seven, 365 days a year. He's absolutely free. He just costs you everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So we do, we do I three, we yep. do these performances. We do the Christmas show. You and I now you're at the civic, yep. your theatrical director over there. I'm yep. over at Bethel media as senior producer. And then I remember I was with, uh, KV was doing a book promo. Yeah. And as producer, I, I get called to his office to kind of talk through the the concept or whatever. And then this was beautiful because, you know, I mean, KV is like the James Brown of, of ministry. He's like the most hardworking guy. He travels like a quarter of a million miles a year. He was constantly busy. I was his last- Do you I feel his, good? What's that? Does he feel good? Do, I feel good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I'm sitting at the end of his day, but he has another meeting. And we finished the book promo thing and it's just he and I in, in, in his office. And again, I'm new to the environment, so I'm just excited to kind of get to be with KV. He's such a, an amazing father in the environment, such a powerful teacher. And so like, I'm just excited to be hanging with KV privately for like 45 minutes, you know, confessions of a grown man who yep. has daddy issues. And, um, he, he gets buzzed in on the intercom and, and the secretary says, Hey, uh, Chris, your last meeting of the day got canceled. At that point, KV puts his feet up on the table and he starts asking me questions about TV shows. He loves NCIS. It's yep. like he, he loves these crime shows. He says, have you ever been on NCIS? I say, no, but I've been on The Mental. I've been on you know, these other things. And then he says to me, he asks me this question. What business does a school of ministry have in the arts? Now, by this time, you and I have been chatting oh, this five up, years. Dreamy, Four or five years, absolutely. You know, just, but waiting 
waiting, positioning, you know, do we have serving. enough serving? You were serving here, I was serving the city. You know, we were trying to elevate the arts all around, that's right? That's right. We were just serving, that's a, it's a good way of putting it. We were serving wherever we were at, wherever the Lord put us. We just tried to bring mm. the fullness of our gifts and our hard work and our hustle. But in this moment, KV, and I think we had been waiting to see what the Lord would do with that thing that, that we had shared and exchanged. Well, it was in other. tech week of when I'd done Christmas Carol. It was in tech week. It was like- By the way, Fab wrote, directed, starred in uh, uh, a huge production. I mean, I think one of the most beautiful productions the Civic has seen of The Christmas Carol. That was an original rendition. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was was fun. It was in in tech week. And David and I go, and we're sitting on Chris Valentin's couch, and we go in basically asking, because we wanted to start a a small studio, like, you know, a local studio. And we said, listen- because we were it's, trying to be practical. We were trying to be practical. It's like, we don't necessarily need your permission, but we want your blessing to start a small studio. Out in the community. Out in the community, yeah. our mission. But in five years, I think we said five years, we would like to open the conversation up about starting a full-time school of the arts at Bethel. Like BSSM. Like BSSM. And he went... And we gave him this story, like we wanted to see the wounded soldiers coming in. We don't want to see actors go through what we want to do. We want to do it with the presence. We want to do it from identity. And he was like, yeah, no, no, I don't want to see it in five years. I want to see it happen now. No, but you, 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 it's, it's a quintessential tagline of KV. He says, you're thinking too small. Thinking too small. You remember this? Yeah, of course. He says, you're thinking too small. Because you and I, we thought, well, you know, we're just we're new to the environment. Yeah, we're, we, we weren't thinking like sons yeah. who had heard from their heavenly father talking yeah. to another earthly father like you said about bill that hug that moment that that voice that you heard from the lord we were thinking well let's just come in practical yeah and kv is a ready shoot aim kind of guy i mean he's already he sees he, he's constantly i don't know that he sees today as much as he sees five years ten right. years in advance he's so prophetic and he said you're thinking too small let's do it now and i think that's what prophets do is they bring the future, future. forward to yeah. the now and we thought Okay. So he says, let's open it up this fall. I know. And I th- we knew we'd had favor. We knew we had favor because of the the product that we had we bought served. and we'd served. And I think the actors were really seeing so much breakthrough and quality that we're bringing was unlike they'd seen before. So we're like, how do we do it in nine months? So we asked for an extension of a year. Mm-hmm. And then that year, I think I had the best intern team you did. We'd ever had. Some of them, I mean- se- Still working for us Gosh, today. we have Lisa, Lisa Brora, who heads our dance program. Ella. Ella, who Nic- is our pastor, our, yep. our student life pastor. Nicola. Nicola, who's Murphy. our academic advisor who helps structure all of our curriculum and our teaching. Right. And taught and teachers how to teach. Jess Cooper worked with us for two oh, years. Oh. So now we had an York, amazing, yeah. and we, we went out that year and like, as you said, what part does a conservatory of the arts have to do with the church? And we said, accreditation. And that was something right. actually I did this this is I you know I need I need to highlight this about Fab. Fab Fab saw this well, not even way before I didn't see it at all. And you said we have to be accredited so that we're a legitimate college or university where kids come, they get financial aid, they get college credit. It's not and there's nothing wrong with doing it within the church or ministry, but right. I think you saw ahead and said, No, 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 no. We actually need to be a legitimate and so we actually became because of your hard work and and 
and actually a really cool turn of events. I need to brag on. So in BSSM, we met some really amazing, amazing people. Amazing people, yeah. And Ben Raleigh, yeah, who actually man. was in my revival group, we yeah. met each other and it was at a conference that he and I had coffee and he said to me, what are you doing? I, I told yeah. him about the little seedling that would become yeah. BC. I wasn't even that. And he said, we should talk because yeah. Ben oversaw Visible Music College yeah. and it was with a series of conversations that you yeah. and I had with Visible Music College that it actually allowed us to become, I mean, just talk about the orchestration of God. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing because they, it, it was a great fit. It was just such a great fit. So now listen, I was at media. So I got to ask you a question because yeah, Fab yeah. was at BCA as the the dean, as the head of drama and like, you know, janitorial. We joke that we have like five hats on our, on our head mm. at any given time. Talk to me a little bit about the first. So we opened the doors of BCA. You were there. I wasn't. I was working at media. I would pop over on Fridays to teach yeah. occasionally, but you were there full time. Yeah. I mean, bearing in mind, I'm an actor and we've constructed a BA in acting, a certificate in acting, a certificate in dance, right? In a, in a year. So the most I'd ever taught was a series, I think six weeks for two hours. And now I'm teaching 20 to 24 hours a week creating content as I go along. The year looked perfect in the sense it was this, nine guys, nine girls. Wow. So for scene work, that's amazing. Talk to me a little bit about this class because I mean, I have to imagine that people who would say yes to coming in the first year of thing, these are bold people. Very bold people. And they were all personal invites and people that had done the apprenticeship or work with me or people that the Lord prophetically had said, go and speak to them. It, we had no admissions department. And a lot of the people, man, no, we had, we, we, no we were the admissions department. <laughs> Listen, it's no joke when we say that we had like a, we had like a building, Elmer's glue and popsicle sticks. Yeah. And it's like, hey, let's put on a show. But I think, and this is a theme that runs through Bethel Conservatory and students. I think to a one, every single one of those students had heard from God. Yeah. And many of them, would you say they were... God was pulling dreams off the shelf for them. Yeah, it was, listen, to be any part of a pioneering first class, you have to have a level of guts to want to pursue what the Lord is calling you to and to trust in us because we were new. I mean, you were still at media. I was running the show and it was, it was a phenomenal experience, unlike Anything I'd want to experience again? Well, because <laughs> be this is where honest, I think we but, need to get honest. I think yeah. we need to get honest because, I mean, th this, you know, we often joke that there's better ways to make money. And it turns out that surprisingly, starting a conservatory from scratch without money is not for the faint of heart. Listen, I think it would be. Um, it would be dishonest of us, not that we're trying to be, yeah. if we didn't actually talk about, and this is not on fab, this, this is just the, the, I think it's par for the course. It was hard. And it was both beautiful, yeah. the Lord encountered you guys, but it was messy as well. It was. And listen, like, you know, Bill says revival is messy. Look, we're going into an area where we want to change, you know, where we want to influence and serve, as KV would say. We don't mm -hmm. want to go and take over Hollywood. That's not our aim. I think what we want to do is is serve Hollywood, serve Broadway, serve the West End. But we were trying to do it in a new industry. way, man, and figuring out how to build a house while you live in it is not easy. Or an airplane while you're building it while there you're you in the air. You know it's what I'm saying? Airplane. It's like, you know, I'm trying to stay trying to stay in the air or trying to fly while I'm crashing at the same time. So what I want to say is like, just because God gives you a dream doesn't mean when you enter that dream, it's like the garden of Eden. No, it's like you are actually having to excavate as you mm -hmm. go along. 
And I think there were moments that were so beautiful. And I think the breakthrough was amazing. But there were times, I'm not going to lie, where I was I was up every morning at 4 a.m. prepping for my wow. classes before. And I was like, Lord, I really need you to break through today because I don't have the material to teach. It literally like manna, like teaching manna, giving you for the yeah. day, every single day. And we'd have encounters there, brother. I've never had up until this day since it was powerful encounters i think that's the it's one of the things that's most special to me about being i mean there's a lot of things right i mean it's like your kids you know it's like it's messy it's hard but you love them deeply you know some some part of you would die for them i think the most some of the most powerful moments at bca for me is just based on this simple thing what would it look like for a group of artists to gather and worship the lord and then pursue excellence in their craft. And it's that having the Holy Spirit, being dependent upon Holy Spirit. Yeah. On this God adventure of also becoming an excellent artist for me. I mean, I've had some of the, the deepest, I know it's the same for you and, and so many of our students. I mean, you know, we've had, I mean, there's so many testimonies, students that come in that, that have physical issues that get healed while doing ballet. Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I you know, I would get injured during ballet. You know, our students are getting healed during ballet. You have people that were healed of trauma while doing acting exercises. Mm-hmm. This is not your grandmother's conservatory, right? No. This 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 is unlike. So we start with acting. Yeah, we start, acting and dance. We had a year of dance. That's right. We had acting and dance. Yeah. Dancers coming in and 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 whatnot. Um, we've now added music, theater, screenwriting, filmmaking, new degrees, fully accredited bachelor's Musical degrees, theater. music theater yeah. as well. Um, we work with our wives. They they head up different programs and courses and and all this kind of stuff. What what have you learned over the last five years? What, what's been one of the biggest lessons BCA has taught you? That, to, to, to boil it down into this phrase, you know, I say we think we're teaching our students acting, but we're not, we're investing in people. I think about that all the time. You I tell my I mean? screenwriters all the time. I kind of laugh when they're, when you create, you are vulnerable mm-hmm. on another level. I mean, we've heard this, so I think we can say this out loud. We've even had Richard Gordon say this to us. I, we get testimonies where people say, hey, and by the way, BSSM was transformative for, for, for me. Let me be very clear. Um, but they're bigger groups, right? And along with bigger groups comes the power and the enthusiasm yep. and, and the community and all of that kind of stuff. But our classrooms are you know, sometimes 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 students. Um, our, our average class size is about 15 to 20 students. There's a measure of transparency and vulnerability that in that size, then in the pursuit of art, which requires of you- All of you. Everything. There's no place to hide. You can't hide. There's no place to hide. When you stand up and you're going to do to be be or not to be or any monologue, or you go to dance, or you go to share a piece of your writing, a screenplay. I say to my screenwriters all the time, you thought you were coming here to learn how to screenwrite, but the Lord had something else for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I often tell my writers, there there is no braver thing that a human being can do than to take something from the inside of yourself oh, yeah. and to share it with the it's world. It's like having a baby. Yeah. It literally is putting yourself on display. And I think the thing is, and I, I do want to give a caveat though, I do think we are excellent at what we teach. Oh, 100%. Like I, I really do believe that. Yeah. And I do believe the world needs what we have. 100%. Unrepentant about that. 100%. Because what we do is unique. Mm-hmm. 
But doing it with the Lord in the way we teach it, like, I, I don't know if I want anything else. I don't know if I want to, I never want to change the story. I never, I can't, I'm so convinced by it mm-hmm. that what we do is so transformative formative mm-hmm. like we have people on sets now major movies we have a movie right. with you know that we're, after we're in development years. after five years and i'm like we don't do it for the money we're, we're very very not that i'm complaining mm-hmm. we're very serious about what we do and i think we treat it very seriously because it is like god's calling it's not been easy but i think this year and last year were probably some of the the best years. Yeah. I you think know what I mean? our wives are both incredibly sensitive to the the presence of the Lord. And I think they talk yeah. about, I mean, I think what, no, we're now in our sixth, sixth year, year not including s- the year and a half to, 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 to build it. But and, yeah. And the significance of six biblically, you're better at, at, at the numbers than I am. I think is what is it? Grace? No, five is grace. That was five last year. This is six. I can't remember what it is. I think, I think seven is perfection. Six. Yeah. yeah. I think this year I've felt a kind of peace and stability. I mean, the teachers that we've got are, are I think, absolutely world-class. We've got students now that are not only going into the industry, they're going out to the mission field. They're also sometimes choosing to teach with us. Yeah. And what's beautiful about that is that they're bringing this fresh experience as a student, which is very unique. You and I will never know what it's like to be a student no at BCA. No idea. But they understand the culture. Yeah. You know, maybe as we start to wrap up, we can talk a little bit about our core values. You know, at BCA, um, we love the word artist. Yeah. I think mainly because I think we look at our father, his son, and the spirit, and I call him the master storyteller. Yeah. To me, he's the perfect artist. You know, I often think about Psalm 19, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after Mm -hmm. day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. Yeah. And I tell my writers, of all the ways that God could have revealed himself mm-hmm. because let's just, he can, he can do it however he wants to, right? He could have danced it. He could have done chalk art. He chose to do it through story mm-hmm. because he's the master storyteller. And so we chose this word artist and it starts with Abba. Abba. And then we go to, I think, relationship. relationship. Then we go to transformation. Identity. Identity. Servant. Servant and testimony and testimony. Yeah. We begin with Abba. We end with the testimony mm-hmm. of God. Cause as we like to say, the, the two most powerful stories on the planet mm-hmm. are the gospel of salvation of Jesus Christ Amen. and your personal testimony. Mm-hmm. It, they're the only stories that have any power to move a human soul from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Mm-hmm. And so at the heart of BCA, we have these, these phrases, right? We have our core values, artists, we yeah. have performing in, in the, presence. the presence, not, not for identity, <laughs> but, but from right. identity. Not for identity. Yep. And all of this language has been yeah. cultivated because we've clocked together with our team and our students, tens of thousands of hours going back to this idea of a well, digging a well of revelation that we hope yeah. is going to unleash the next wave of creative revival. And knowing that God is interested in your art, we came here to lay it down. God had a different plan. Because he says, listen, I've given the art to you so that you can worship me. Hmm. But we lay it down in fear. And we probably laid it down in fear. And God said, I have a different plan. Now you guys are going to pick it back up and train others to do likewise. Yeah. And we're not the only ones on the planet, but we do we do think we're a candle somewhere on the yeah. surface of the earth. Yeah. Uh, Bro, you know, at the end of most church services, um, if not all of them, there's usually an altar call. 
but we also do an artist call yeah. and I'm I'm curious man what would you say to either a young artist the one who has not yet trained or what we sometimes call the wounded artist the one yeah. who trained with or without the lord but maybe got hurt in the pursuit of their craft what would you say to them man as we wrap up today yeah i would say listen you know at times and i i, I we lay down our art because we're not understood by the church and we're not understood by the industry. I want to tell you that God didn't give you that gift to tease you. Those desires, that burning that you may feel inside after hearing us speak, I need you to listen to that because God has put a calling in you, a dream and a desire in you that he wants to explore with you because that is your act of worship to him. So if you feel that burning, Get in touch with us. Please don't let it die. I see so many people let their artistic gift die and the Lord is saying, bring it up. Let's bring it to the surface. Let's play together in this sandpit of creativity. And I think, you know, Fabus heard me say this, but if you're feeling fear, which is not uncommon, if you're feeling fear in thinking about pursuing this calling, I like to think of it at like, at like this. It's the great privilege of every artist to stand on the edge of the precipice and to leap mm -hmm. knowing that your good good father will catch you he doesn't want to tease or torment if he's tucked it away and hidden it for you it's because he wants you to discover it man so good to hang out with you today to talk about the genesis story of the bethel conservatory of the arts you can find us at bethelconservatory.com we have programs in acting dance music theater screenwriting and film Holy Spirit is at the center and excellence is our aim. Thanks so much for hanging out with us uh, on Storia. We'll see you again soon. Bless you.